Hi guys, I'm Ashley. I'm Eve. And I'm Nick. And we're the Money Medics. And we're the hosts of Your Real Money Stories. An original podcast series brought to you in association with Zopa. The podcast will we'll be giving you the unfiltered truth about money through anonymous confessions and unfiltered opinions. As well as providing useful information and resources for each topic we discuss. And we have to say, this isn't financial advice. These are just our views. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Your Real Money Stories in association with Zopa. We are the Money Medics, your hosts for today. And you know, at Money Medics, we're all about sharing stories, information and real conversations about money so that you know you can make better decisions about your personal finances. So today we're talking all about divorce, but Mm. before we do that, I'm Ashley, pharmacist by day, foodie by night. You know, and you guys, I love money too much. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Nick, uh, strategy consultant, uh, ex-banker. I actually work in finance, so you can rest assured that we're fact-checking and we're making sure what we're saying is mm-hmm. absolutely correct and up-to-date. And my name is Eve, pharmacist also, and landlady and new mum as well. And I'm a, I'm a new dad as well, guys. Yeah, yeah, that's my husband. <laughs> <laughs> So today is an anonymous story episode where we'll have three sections as per usual. So we will hear an anonymous story from our guest. Then we'll discuss our own opinions amongst ourselves. And we have some very good, useful tips and resources towards the end. And like you said already, Ashley, it's all about divorce and some of the unspoken costs that you have to consider if you know, things were to turn sour within the relationship. Mm. And I know oftentimes, obviously, when you get into marriage, you're not Mm. actually expecting things to go down that route. But Mm. it is still really important Mm. to understand what the cost could actually come up to. First of all, Mm. there's going to be change to the law. Okay. We'll discuss that towards the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, But one statistic that really, two statistics that really stuck out to me are from the Royal London. Mm. It said that almost a third of newly single parents feel like they're getting themselves into more debt because mm. of divorce. So a parent that has recently gone through a divorce feels mm-hmm. like after the divorce, they're going, they're Get in more, into more debt. Into okay. More debt. And then wow. a quarter of people who divorced or separated wish they stay with their ex-partner. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Um, so today we have Esther join us in the studio. And obviously that's not her real name. So we're just going to put our headphones on. Mm-hmm. So, hi, Esther. Hi. Thank you so much for taking the time out to speak to us. We're really grateful and we appreciate it. That's fine. Glad to be here. Oh, so how was how was your day? Uh, good so far. Yeah. Good, good, good. good. Okay, we're just going to get right into the question. So, like, um, do you mind telling us a bit about your background? Kind of like how long ago did you get married? Uh, I got married in 2017. We had been together for a few years before that. We mm-hmm. met at uni. And um, we had our first child, or our only child, in 2018. Mm. Okay, and so, like, before, like, you guys um, got married, did you guys ever talk about finances, how it was going to be arranged within the marriage, and, you know, who was doing what or who was paying for what? Um, Yeah, finances was something that was talked about quite extensively, actually. Okay. Just because I've always been very clued on with my finances and saving and managing my money properly the plan was always for him to I mean be the man of the house and Mm. I support 
my income was towards savings and mm. holidays and trips and stuff like that, the mm. luxury activities and mm-hmm. his income towards keeping the home. Okay. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. At any point, like, did you guys ever discuss, you know, what would happen if you were to break up or, you know, go your separate ways? Never. Not mm. once. Yeah. <laughs> Never thought of it. Because, you know, you just always think, yeah, it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. I mean, of course, like you said, you'll never... Well, it's not very common that you have the discussion on what we're going to do if we break up. I mean, have we ever had that discussion? What would we do if we break up? Just, Did we have that discussion this morning? Discussion yeah, this morning. Yeah, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if not for this podcast, we wouldn't have had that yeah, conversation. Yeah, we wouldn't be really that. be talking about that because yeah. you always think that things are going to go smoothly and you don't enter a, mar- a marriage thinking, mm. oh... Are we going to get a divorce? So mm. I, I completely understand why you wouldn't have had that conversation. Whilst you were in a relationship, did you have any like shared financial goals? You know, you said that you put your own money towards savings. Like, What were you guys saving towards? Um, yeah, we did have fi- um, shared financial goals. Um, one of the things we did yearly was to write down our goals for the year, what mm. we wanted to achieve Very that good. year, financially, um, educationally, spiritually, whatever. Oh, My wow. income was being saved towards possibly buying a place together, mm-hmm. um, what we were going to do about his car and mm. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, so we had talked quite extensively. Like, mm. I was always pretty much the money manager yeah. throughout our relationship. And he was quite... Um, happy to let me play that role mm. until he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's really interesting because it seems like you guys communicated quite effectively about your finances. So I know you had joint goals as well, um, but did you have any savings of your own? Did you keep your own pot of money for anything? Oh, yes. Yeah? <laughs> yes. Is that something that you both discussed or was it something that you kept to yourself at the time? No, it's something... Uh, did we actually have a conversation about it? I wouldn't say we did, but mm. he was something he was aware of. Yeah. Just because I was brought up that way. Yeah. <laughs> I was brought up. Always have something to have backup, like yeah. have a backup plan. Mm. You never know what's going to happen. Exactly. And it wasn't a backup plan for in case we got divorced. It was a backup plan for in case anything happened in our lives. Mm. There was always going to be that backup money. Yeah. Which ended up being a <laughs> saver yeah. for me. Yeah. Like a rainy day fund just yeah. in case. So how did your ex-partner feel about your financial situation? Like, was he okay with you not working at the time? I wouldn't say he wasn't okay. He never actually outrightly said he wasn't okay because I always had like little deals on the side. I was running like a little business on the side, doing catering gigs here and there. And so it wasn't like I never brought, like I wasn't bringing in money at all. He was very supportive, you know, financially and very supportive with the business as well. He never actually said oh, I'm not happy with how much money you're bringing in. Mm. It was never something that was outrightly said to me. Maybe it's how he felt, Mm. but never outrightly discussed, yeah. Mm. So just to clarify, because you said not working, but you were actually working, you had your own business and and things like that, okay. Was there discrepancies in the salaries? So did one partner earn or one person earn more than the other or? Uh, He earns a lot earned a lot more than I did yeah I see okay was that because you were self-employed yes yeah Mm. just to clarify did he mind at the time that you didn't earn as much as him or was he okay with it 
No, he was okay with it. Yeah. Um, because look, I think we had a shared vision of where we were going. Mm. We knew it was a for now process. It wasn't mm. something that was going to be a forever thing. Yeah. At least that's the way I felt about it. Yeah. Um, there was always, I'm quite ambitious as well. So yeah. there was always a plan for this is what I'm going to do next. And this is where we're heading towards. Were there any other things that cause stress for the relationship during lockdown? Was there anything else? Yeah, um, finances did cause stress. You don't really plan how much having a child is going to cost you. Very true. Um, It's extremely expensive. I know they tell you, yeah, it's expensive, but it's extremely expensive. And I think we started feeling the strain even before, like while I was still pregnant, because Mm -hmm. now I wasn't working, I wasn't able to do as much business as I was doing before. Mm. Um, He was now having to pull up the bulk of some of the work with the business as well. Mm. He was also having to take on another job because we're trying to save up Mm. before the baby comes in and then the baby comes in and I'm not able to work again. And there's still expenses because even if you're, uh, whatever way you try to cut down costs, like, oh, I'm not going to go for formula and stuff like that. It's still expensive. Yeah. Just so I'm following um, properly, so um, initially, so you said you both met at uni. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, you were work, you had your own business, yeah. and then when you had your baby, you weren't able to work as much because, of course, you had to take care of your baby. Yeah. And then during the pandemic, that's when things um, slowed down because you know we were all in lockdown. Um, so then you got another job during the pandemic. Yeah. But um, even with your new job, was there still the discrepancy in the income? Yeah. Um, um, because now, bear in mind, I haven't, I had not worked for a few, for, for a few years, mm, so okay. it was starting from the bottom, right. basically, and yeah. And do you feel like that was an issue to him, or did it start to become an issue to him with him? Uh, to be honest, at this point, we were already so far gone into our issues that I don't think he really cared much anymore. Mm. So, like, at what point did you guys decide to? part ways or you know call it quits well that's a very interesting question I think he he probably made that decision before I got to that point um Mm. he chose to leave halfway through the pandemic I I can't remember dates specifically anymore but yeah and did you did you notice any signs that he was planning to leave or did his behavior change um yeah his behavior did change drastically Mm. um I literally kept saying this isn't the person I got married to this is not the person I dated for four years this is not the person I knew and I think I kept playing catch up with his steps because or whatever steps he was taking because I didn't recognize who he was and I kept trying to hold on to the image of the person I knew then yeah did he ever say anything to you that you know that this is the issue that I have with you or we need to work through this? Did he ever say anything to you? Oh, yeah, yeah. We we talked about it extensively. Mm. Um, and I think one of the things I kept pushing for then was for us to go for counselling. Yeah. But, you know, counselling depends on how you want to go about it. Do you want to yeah. go through your church? Do you want to go through a professional? Mm. And I was quite adamant to go through a professional. Mm-hmm. That comes with cost as well. Yeah. Um, so we tried to talk about it amongst ourselves and that just made it worse because yeah. I'm speaking, he's hearing opposite from what I'm hearing. I'm yeah. hearing opposite from what he's hearing. So it just it wasn't effective communication at this point anymore. Yeah, I completely understand that. But do you feel as though the, because I know you, it seems like you've been through quite a bit, you know, with having a baby, um, lockdown, etc., finances. Do you feel as though the finances had anything to do with the parting or do you feel as though 
you guys were going to pop before the finances became an issue? It was something that was definitely said repeatedly by mm. extended family, not specifically oh, really? by him. Was that your his, side his or yeah. from both sides? Oh. Um, I mean, from my side of the family, it was like, oh, you know, don't just sit around waiting for a job to come your way. Go get oh. a job, you know, go do this, go yeah. do that, you know. And then little things like, oh, he's coping with the financial pressures by himself. Of course, oh. that's going to put pressure on your relationship yeah. and you have to be a certain way and a certain... Yeah, yeah. so I don't think it was the main thing, mm. but I do feel like from the conversations that we had, mm. um, it definitely did play an issue and um, a big issue as well. Mm. I see. So just to go back to the finances, just one last time. So... um. But you had actual reasons why you were not able to work because you had a baby, etc. Do you feel so he was understanding of that? I think at first um, he was understanding of it. Um, mm. So a- apart from having a baby, I also had uh, my immigration status that needed to be resolved. Mm. So I was that was pending and that case just took on too long mm. to resolve. Um, at first he was understanding because I'd always been very upfront about yeah, you know what my situation was mm-hmm. we went through it together which is shocking because it didn't break us then mm. and then they come through on the other side and all of a sudden it's a different story yeah um yeah i think he was understanding at first but mm. maybe he just got fed up of waiting mm. for things to mm. you know to play Perfect. out the way yeah. he imagined it, it will play out mm. and so in terms of like um you know, when you guys were deciding to part ways, did you ever talk about how you were going to split the financial responsibilities? Did we talk about it? Yeah, well, it was more what he was going to do and what he could afford to do. And mm. and so in, in terms of, like, the um, process around the divorce, um, how long how long did that take and w- well, what was the process like? It was quick. It was oh. much quicker than I thought it would be. Right. Um, that could be because I didn't contest the divorce. Because uh-huh. at this point, it just dragged on for so long and mm. I wasn't going to put him, make him be where he didn't want to be. Right. Yeah, so it was quite quick, actually. It was like within a few months. Oh, that was very quick. And how much did the um, divorce, like, what were the costs around the divorce? So to me, it didn't cost me anything, but I believe mm. it... <sighs> The whoever files for the divorce has to pay a certain fee. I think it's about five hundred pounds. Yeah, so they have to pay a certain fee, and um, you can now file in for a divorce by yourself. But he chose to go through a lawyer. Right. Now, hence why I feel like he had been planning it for a long time. Mm. Do you know why he got a lawyer involved? Funny enough, I I would never be able to understand that. Maybe mm. he, f- I f- think he probably felt like I was going to fight him for anything like mm. maybe it would be a messy divorce i'd fought so long that i didn't have any fight left in me so yeah. i just let it be what it's gonna be and you know on that note like were there any assets that like required splitting or did you guys you know argue over anything no i think um we both took what we came in with let's mm. put it that way it was more um how he was going to provide for our son mm. that was what was discussed really if you don't mind me asking um I know there are currently five grounds in which you can um, make your, or you can file for divorce. Mm-hmm. What Do you know what grounds he cited um, your divorse on? Um, irreconcilable differences. 
do you know what it, it means or like uh basically we're having issues we can't work it out um there's no way back from this we've tried everything we've we can because i know you said um you didn't contest the divorce yeah was that because of your financial situation or was it because of you just couldn't you just didn't want to go through the process um in all honesty i could have contested well i could have contested the grounds for his divorce mm. um because there were certain things that well, i'm not going to go into but yeah. just were not the same didn't happen the way he said it yeah. and i would have loved to have put the put the record straight yeah. but it was going to cost me something or yeah. could have cost me something i wasn't going to risk the possibility of ch being charged extra cost for the divorce yeah so if you don't agree with the divorce then you have to state that and that is where charges can come about yeah i see okay and what about in regards to contesting the divorce as well what are the benefits of that and could that potentially cost you as well like con sorry contesting the grounds for divorce i meant now that's that was one of the reasons why it was just easier not to pursue it because yeah. I couldn't really see much benefit. No one could give me straight answers to mm. if there would be any benefit for me mm. the, contesting the grounds for the divorce. So mm. I just left there. Do you know, generally speaking, if when other people contest um, the grounds for divorce, do you know if in other situations there could be benefit? I mean, I have heard of a situation where um, this was years and years ago, um, mm. where the grounds that was filed in was completely a complete defamation of character, and mm. the guy in question was advised to contest it. Mm. And I think the divorce process became long and drawn out, and yeah. all of that. I think the only thing I want to say for everyone listening is that you may be thinking, "Oh, if I was in that situation, I'll contest it or I'll fight to the end." But just to give everyone context, it 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 does cost from anywhere from 350 to 500, 550 pounds an hour of a solicitor's time mm. to go through divorce proceedings. Yeah. And yeah, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The add up. Yeah, exactly. And if you're not sure of there being any particular benefit of contesting it, then I can understand why you might just be like, yeah. okay, let me just accept it. So I, I completely get that as well. So after he moved out, how were the finances? How were you able to afford things? Barely. Mm. Um, I had to get a job that was so far away from home, like 23 miles away from home, mm. oh, working wow. 10 hours, mm. four days a week. And doing that by yourself with a toddler yeah. mm. is hard work, which yeah. means he's having to leave home same time I'm leaving home. Yeah. He's having to come back home same time I'm coming back home. Mm. So it meant moving his nursery closer to my workplace. Mm. Um, him having to leave, we leave the house later, 6.30. Any later oh, than wow. 6.30 on the dot, we're late for yeah. everything. We don't get That's back if, we're tra if there's traffic on our way back. Mm. On some days, we don't get back till quarter to eight. Mm. So it's like yeah, a very... Out tight schedule mm. and but you know it is better than being unhappy yeah so you've already kind of given us a glimpse of how you've had to change your lifestyle, your lifestyle yeah. around yeah are there any other things i've had to change to accommodate this new reality mm. oh yeah um i on top of that still try and take on con like catering contracts during the weekend okay so extra any extra bit of money is great mm. um 
my budgeting is tight to the teeth. Mm. Um, there's no room for slip ups or yeah. accidental ticket fines and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it also helped that I had family help as well. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah. Uh, at first, his family helped with childcare, but now, mm. you know, we, we do it mostly nursery now. Mm. You've mentioned that you had access to family. Do you have access to any government support, like tax credits or anything at the top of your income? Mm. No, I don't. My immigration status does not grant me access to government help. Okay. And with the um, assistance in regards to childcare that that your family were helping out with, is it that they would babysit or is it like they would help contribute towards his nursery fees? Um, no, at first his family was helping with, you know, babysitting. Mm. Um, my family helped me with um, the process of um, getting a car, just making yeah. sure I had things in place that was going to make me, uh, help Things's me. Easier, yeah, yeah. have accessibility and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. But it was, most, on my family side anyway, it was mostly financial advice, really. Yeah. And, which is very, very good because you yeah. need it. Definitely. And I've heard about the extortionate costs of nursery. So, mm-hmm. you know, even babysitting is just, that will probably save quite a bit. Yeah. 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 Um, and in terms of like your ex-partner himself, like, does he help out? Mm, yeah. Um, I mean, he pays child maintenance, yeah, mm. um, monthly. So yeah. And how much is that um child maintenance? He pays six fifty. Okay. Was yeah. that um ordered by the court or is that something that you agreed amongst yourselves? That we agreed it amongst ourselves. I wasn't gonna try attempt to do anything with the courts because mm. um they advise you to either go through a um a mediator service before mm-hmm. going to the court. Okay. But even the mediation service can cost still cost you something. So in terms of that six fifty gives you do you feel like it's enough or not at all. I mean, I live, <laughs> we live in London. Yeah. The cheapest accommodation for, um, so at first I was thinking of moving out of the home we lived in together, mm. which turned out to be unrealistic because every time I looked, the cheapest accommodation I could afford for the both of us, because some landlords will let you rent a one bedroom if you've got a child, you have to oh, rent really? minimum. Why? Some landlords, not wow. all, but some would. Mm. I had a few who turned me down the moment they hear I've got a child. Mm-hmm. Also, don't like renting to single parents because mm. your risk of not paying the rent or not being able to cope with the finances. So that was already a hindrance in itself. Mm. And the cheapest accommodation you could find, even in the most dingy of places in London, you're looking at spending nothing less than 1250 so do you think he can afford to give more? Yes, he could. Um, like I said, I managed our finances for a long time. I know he could, mm. but he's mm. what he said he can. He's what he said he can do. So, and so I see how it puts you in a tricky situation yeah. because, in order for you to take anything further, you have to take up money from your own pockets, and yeah. I understand that will be tough to do at the moment. So, yeah, it does put you in a bit of a, a sticky financial situation, isn't it? Just to kind of give, because I think sometimes when people are listening, they think like 60, 650 is a lot of money. Like, do, do you, what's his prof- profession? Like, if, does he live a comfortable life? Like your ex-partner, like what's his professional or background? He works in healthcare mm. um, and he's pretty far up the band in. So it's a high position. Yeah. Also, when you think about the cost of, nursery fees on its own mm. he i pay 920 monthly mm. 
for nursery for four days a week. And my rental is £1,325. Mm. Already, that's what, way over £2,000 um, £2, yeah. a month. That's not bills. That's not um, yeah. transportation. That's not um, feed feeding or diapers or... Mm. You know, so yeah, six fifty sounds a lot. Yeah. But when you're thinking about the actual cost, the actual of, a child, cost of a yeah. child, oh. it's not Yeah. <laughs> and does the baby stay with you mainly? Yeah. Right. So he doesn't even have nursery fees to consider right now. No. No. So right. he um our, our son sees um sees him every other weekend. Like he spends mm. every other weekend with him. Mm. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, this is a Tough conversation. Yeah. I'm kind of angry, but... <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, I'm really grateful for, like, you know, you sharing your story, but, um, you know, what advice would you give to, you know, other young girls entering marriage? I mean, a lot of... I think a lot of the focus is always on men to mm. have money before you go into marriage. Mm. But I think we need to start changing narrative. Um have your own money before yeah. you go into marriage as a woman. Um, it makes no it makes no financial sense to not have a financial financial backing if mm. anything happens. And it doesn't even need to be divorce. It could be you needing. It could be you know um, lo loss of life. It could be mm. that you become mm. suddenly become a widow. It could be loss of income. It mm. could be whatever. A million yeah. and one things could happen. So it makes more sense for women to have financial intelligence before going into marriage mm. we're talking so many girls are focused on you know all the unnecessary oh go cook go learn how to cook go learn how to please a man please go learn how to be financially independent so true that is so true that is so true asking the right questions mm. as well when you say asking the right questions what do you mean I mean, what would happen if we did get divorced? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be a good question yeah. to ask. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know it's it sounds a bit gloomy to talk about prenups and stuff like that. Um, I guess in our case, we didn't really have ac um, assets to split anyway. But mm. maybe prenup is not the word, but... Mm. <sighs> like some type of arrangement. Arrangement, arrangement yeah. yeah. And if possible, make it... Make sure it's a legal arrangement in mm. place before. Mm -hmm. And what what about like in terms of like um, the sort of like financial questions they should be asking their partner, but you know potential partners. What kind of questions or digging do you think you know we should be doing? Do you have debts? Mm. Question number one. Do yeah. you have any debts? What's your credit score? What's your credit <laughs> score? These were things that we talked. Yes, to be honest, we did talk about them, but mm. I found I had a few surprises while we were dating oh, wow. um, <laughs> um no, that's a bit long story but okay. yeah I had to I I had to step up the plate in planning our finances because mm. of certain things I'd learned while we were dating about his finances right. um so yeah ask those questions mm. and ask yourself really and truly why after asking the, those questions ask yourself really and truly can you cope Mm. on the long term mm. with having to play that role because not everyone has the mental strength to be the financial planner. You know, it's really interesting that you say that as in 
um, a woman should plan their finances before entering a relationship because like you said anything can happen I mean the pandemic has showed us I mean who would have who would have guessed that there will be a, an illness that will completely wipe down the whole world that's like in a movie so yeah I mean you're completely right literally anything can happen and as women as men as people in general we have to ensure that before we get into a marriage we have our own finances in order to an extent mm. i'm not saying you have to be like you know rich and like you know balling before you get married but mm. you know just have your your finances in order and have mm. a plan so would you encourage women to have like secret funds their partner may not be aware of what i would encourage is be open about it because it can come cross as being deceptive if mm. it's a secret mm. and you don't really want to go into marriage like that True. but still have a backup plan mm. it doesn't have to be a backup plan for just you it can mm. be a backup plan for the both of you because at the end of the day you're both planning mm. together you're planning a future together yeah. so it's not just you in this anymore but still have a backup plan thank you so much for sharing your story i mean it really not not that it's opened my eyes i'm not trying to say that i'm you know but <laughs> good experience. yeah i'm not saying that at all but it's just Life, anything can happen in life. Definitely. And it's just so important that we all just prepare ourselves for the absolute worst. Mm -hmm. But yeah, thank you so much for spending time That's speaking so to us. Thank you. Oh, thank you. So that was such an interesting discussion. I mean, something that's worth noting is that the laws are changing. So from April 2022, mm -hmm. um, they're introducing a no-fault divorce. So basically... Currently, in order for you to file for the divorce, you have to state your grounds. And I think there's five grounds to choose from. I think it's um, adultery, um, which we all know what adultery is. Um, <laughs> the unreasonable behaviour, um, desertion. So if your partner just disappears, yeah. Um, separation for two years, um, but the other person has to approve if it's separation for two years or separation for five years but the other person doesn't have to actually approve you can just get a divorce if you've been separated mm. for five years um but yeah with this no fault divorce so with the old system um you have to actually place blame on uh, your partner right. whereas with this no fault divorce that's coming in in april um it basically says that none of them are to blame they just it just things just didn't work out mm. and that means that divorces could potentially be cheaper because yeah and easier more straightforward um, a smoother process because no none of the parties will be contesting and you can't actually contest a no-fault divorce so things could potentially be a lot easier in mm. the future yeah it's interesting you know like um i think to add to that just to give people context 99 percent of divorces generally are not contested 99 percent not contested. Yeah. Not contested. Wow. Maybe that's the financial impact as well, isn't it? It's, the financial implications. Yeah, it's bloody expensive. Mm. Like, cause, cause, like, I'm just like quoting Cop as an example. Cop, as of when I checked it last, is six hundred pounds for the filing, mm. and then for the court costs, court costs, it's an extra five hundred fifty. Mm. So you're already in the thousand. You're already in the thousand pounds plus. Mm. And if you want to contest the divorce, that mm. there's issues, you're not happy with it. Mm. I see what, and the lawyer fees, the 350 to, as I said before, to oh, 500 pounds an hour. I want to be a lawyer. Too late. So. Well, it's not too late, actually. You can do whatever <laughs> you want. But um, no, actually, because obviously you're, it's already like a very Stress. distasteful, bitter situation. Mm. 
you're not having to add your hard-earned money into it. Yeah. 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 And especially when there's discrepancies in, in income and salary. Like, for example, if someone was a stay-at-home parent and the other parent went to work all the time and the other, like, one has no money to actually contest it. That's true. And that's where you have, um, it can, like, whatever you, the outcome is, mm. could potentially be unfair. Mm. Yeah, you, you, whatever you're whatever you're able to afford to pay for mm. is what you'll get at the end but um yeah let's have a little discussion amongst ourselves so we're going to give some um general questions and i want to see what you guys think of these things all right okay. Okay. so so how do you balance going all in in a relationship versus maintaining your own financial independence i'll go because obviously i'm, I'm going to from curious, that person yeah. that's not in a relationship perspective okay cool i think yeah i think the balance comes from planning so um just like you know our anonymous guest said plan you know plan before i'm not saying you should like your finances should be like amazing and perfectly together but you know have a good foundation have your foot in the door have your savings have your investments don't just think that just because you're, you're getting together with someone like you can just rely on them on like your retirement, your future, your pension, you know, that's what I think. In terms of that like going all in, I think that that comes with communication. I think part of the dating process, you you, should, you would vet the person financially and that gives you a good idea of like, you know, how your goals are going to be, mm. your financial goals are going to be. So, yeah. Mm. See, I slightly, I got a different um, perception of that question. question. For me, it's more like, like for example, joint accounts, because I know this is a conversation that we've had before. As in, in your when you're in a relationship, they say that you know everything is shared completely, including your finances. So yeah. all of your money should be shared as well, technically. Yeah. Um, but then it's like, how do you balance sharing everything yeah. and also keeping things to yourself? yourself? Yeah, and I feel like that's a. Di- I mean, we only just managed to figure that one out because in our relationship, I wanted everything to be shared. Like everything, <laughs> and then our middle ground was we share some things, and then there's some things that we keep to ourselves. Like we have our own savings, and we have our own money to do what we want with. But then we share. Um, we have a joint account where we use to oh, pay for bills and anything like that is shared. That's what comes out the joint account. Mm. What's your opinion on that? Oh, I don't know. I feel like you look uh, stressed. Yeah, this, this whole episode just stressed you out. No, 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 because you know what? I in our relationship at the moment, I feel quite financially vulnerable at the moment, Aww. and the reason why I'm saying that because I went through a period where I was, I was out of work, mm. right? And for the last six, seven, eight months, I'm playing catch up mm. to get to where I was previously. Mm. So, like, God forbid. Mm. If we were to go our separate ways, I feel like I'll probably be the one that's worse off because mm. of what happened before. So, mm. Because I, of the pandemic. Yeah, because of the pandemic. And I get the point about, it's very difficult, this whole planning notion. Mm. You know, I ne- We never planned for me to, to lose my job in the first place. You didn't lose your job, but there were no contracts yeah, yeah, there the, at the time yeah. because of the pandemic. Yeah, But it's like, the, like how do you, you don't, you don't plan for that Mm. you know and it's like one thing that we've been going back and forth that's kind of impacted our relationship is this whole notion of partnership is very difficult to not go in go all in without you feeling as if it's not really a proper partnership 
Because I remember, you know, when we, we went for like a BBC thing, mm -hmm. my whole like, frame of mind was that um, whatever Eve does to it, it's a bonus. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm, I can, I'm doing it myself and what mm -hmm. Eve does is a bonus. Mm -hmm. And you've had to kind of train me out that's like, like the whole point of a, a marriage ring together is supposed to be a, a partnership, it's supposed mm -hmm. to be doing it together. So I don't know, I, I just find it's, depending on what life throws at you, it's very difficult to navigate that that's conversation. True, true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a bit of an emotional one, yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Just as our anonymous guest was saying, um, just because one person leaves a relationship, that doesn't mean that your bills are just suddenly going to split in half. You know, you will still unfortunately have the exact same amount of bills to pay. Um, so it is very, very important for you to be set up financially, both sides, because you really never know what could potentially happen. So if you are in a situation where unfortunately you are struggling with debt, then there are some charities that you can look towards. So things like um, Step Change, um, where if you're living on your own as a single parent, you should not keep the money worries to yourself. Mm. Mm. So yeah, like I said, look towards um, debt advice charities such as Step Change. Um, talk to your ex about the mortgage. So if you do have a joint house together, then see if you can find the financial arrangement whereby you're both able to money towards the mortgage because paying the mortgage with one salary I'm sure will not be something that's easy especially if you both if you have both your names on the mortgage you are both technically still liable to pay for it and if one person defaults they will chase after the other person so it's best that you both put put your heads together and, and work things through or potentially you could think about like things like selling your um like selling your assets and um splitting the money between you guys mm. um joint accounts as well so if you have a joint account with your partner again you're both liable so you have to discuss things like um splitting the money between your two i mean one of the things that anonymous guest said is that she had um an account and her partner didn't ask to split the money i don't know whether or not it was her name on the account by itself or whether it was both of their names but if it's both of your names technically it is both of your money so you can split between the two mm -hmm. if it is one if it is if the joint account is in one person's name, then technically the money belongs to that one person. So you have to find this, um, come to an agreement amongst yourselves. Again, things like checking credit cards, just ensure that if you have a credit card and it's on both of your names, take this into consideration as well. You might have to call up your credit card credit agencies to get your name off the account. Mm. And just going back to joint accounts. So if, I feel like I'm really repeating this, if, you're, if you have a joint account and it's in both of your names, Again, you should call up your account provider to ensure that you take your name off of that account and mm. um, because the other person will be on your credit file as a financial association until you split your or to you split um, and you've taken your name off of the joint account. So generally speaking, be, be prepared. Divorce may not necessarily be easy. Mm. Sometimes it can be very messy. And we see that a lot in Hollywood movies, unfortunately, that divorces can be very messy. Um, but communicate as much as you can beforehand and just be prepared to potentially have to spend money. That's everything from us. So you were watching Your Real Money Stories. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye You've just listened to an episode of Your Real Money Stories, an original podcast brought to you in association with Zopa. Who provide great value financial products and tools to make managing your money a lot easier. So make sure you subscribe and share with your friends who you think might have related to the episode. 
For more information and resources around the themes discussed in this episode, head over to zopa.com forward slash podcast. And of course, if you want to be on the next episode, make sure you slide into our DMs at Money Minutes on Instagram.